Good morning for the Met Radio Morning Mixtape. I am Donovan LaCroxy, and debuting on the show, I've got actor Tyler Burke. How you doing? I'm doing good, Donovan. Thanks for having me on. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Oh, wow. Shout out to Chicago. Yes, sir. The Windy City, right? Yep, yep. And it's, it's cold and windy, so it's right <laughs> on brand. <laughs> We're cold too. We're similar. Oh, you know, yeah. Toronto and Chicago yeah. are very similar, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think you might get us a little bit on the cold most of the time out of the year, but I hear I hear it's it's pretty similar when it comes down to everything. All right, all right, all right. So do you want to talk about your acting? You are an actor and you've been acting since childhood. So you probably had to oh, rush yeah. in the cold sometimes in that windy city oh, yeah. just to get in somewhere warm to audition. Yep, yep. I started out when I was about in the second grade, actually. Growing up as a kid, I, uh, I had what teachers would call, I guess you could say, behavior problems in class. I would talk a lot and and kind of had a lot of energy and a lot of teachers didn't know what to do with me. Uh, and then in the second grade, my teacher at the time, shout out Miss Murphy, she kind of talked to my mom was like, look, he has all this energy and he kind of talks all the time in class. There's a play going on from with the older kids in the school. They're looking for some younger kids. We should just throw them on stage and see what happened. And once they put me on stage, it was like something clicked in my little brain that I figured out, oh, I can kind of act crazy and do whatever up here. And instead of getting yelled at, like in class, I get clapped for here. So after yeah. that, it kind of fixed me in a way. And I started behaving in school and getting good grades. And then I was just obsessed with with acting as far as uh, I started in theater, a lot of children's theater and things like that. Once I got into high school, I found film, started doing independent films. And then after that, it was college. And then I kind of just hit the ground running. I, I knew from second grade on, I knew like acting is exactly what I wanted to do. And that's what I was meant to do. So mm -hmm. I locked in at a very young age and have been pursuing it since. Right, right, right. Now, would you say it was 80? ADHD or not necessarily? I don't think so, to be honest, because I, I, I never had problems focusing once I kind of figured out an outlet to put all my energy into. I was a straight A student. I had no problems learning things or paying attention in class. It was just, I, I don't know. I think I just, I was looking for an outlet for all my energy. And then I finally found one. And once I found one and understood like, hey, after school, you can go do this and you can, you know, let all that out. And you ha I had a proper outlet that wasn't going to get me in trouble. Uh, everything changed. So uh, mm. it, it's very weird, but it just clicked in my little head and kind to fix my academic career for me mm -hmm. the reason why i ask because there's many different types of adhd there's the hyperactive one and then there's yep. the one where you can't concentrate i have adhd listeners so nothing to be ashamed about but it oh, could have been hyperactive which necessarily doesn't yep. mean you can't concentrate but you're just hyper all the time yep <laughs> it, it very well could be we never went down the actual road of, of looking into it and all that because like i said by the time i got once that happened in second grade second grade through college i was i was good to go i, <laughs> I there was no no more issues so <laughs> all right all right and there's no issues today because you are getting a lot of you know you're getting a lot of buzz aren't you yeah I, a fair a a fair amount it's it's crazy to watch the acting journey you think it's gonna be a an overnight kind of thing or one big thing's gonna change it all for you and you start to realize that it, it's not really an overnight thing even though people think it is it's it's very much a very long marathon type journey full of little wins and little accolades that 
kind of stack up and, and start to get you a little bit more attention and experience to get you into better opportunities. So it, it's a marathon, not a spray, uh, sprint for sure. Right. But it gets tiring sometimes. Tell our listeners oh. it can get tiring. Sometimes you just want to walk away thinking, do I even want to do this anymore? Oh, absolutely. I, and I think that's that's very important because I think every everyone who's an actor is going to experience that at some point. And I, I, I remember uh, in high school, I went on this like trip to LA where there's some classes where we could talk to some uh, actors in the industry and see how uh, like movies were made you know in the actual industry versus like what we were learning in high school we talked to a few actors who were working you know actors we've seen in movies and things like that and all of them kind of had the same thing of hey there's a point where you're gonna feel like you know you're not getting work or you maybe shouldn't be doing this but that's the point where you got to keep pushing Mm -hmm. because everyone's gonna hit that wall and you start realizing that a lot of anyone can act you know it, it but not everyone does the training and hangs around long enough to actually become an actor. And that's the tough part of sticking it out through the, the tough years of not getting work to keep practicing your craft and, and keep your head up to go on to the next opportunity. Because like I said, I mean, me myself, I've had tons of opportunities where I think, you know, this is it. You know, I book this and it's it's over. It's I've I've made it and we're good to go. And I've even booked some of those roles. They come out and it's like, OK, here we go. And then it's like, oh, you know. Nothing really changes other than, you know, you got the experience and you have a credit now and now you take that and you and you build on it. It's not like someone's just always going to come calling for you. So you have to you have to get through the tough times of self-doubt and wondering when all this is going to happen because there's no science to it. It just you have to just keep working and keep keep your head down and kind of throw all those doubts out because it's definitely not an easy career. It's one of those that every teacher growing up told you like in college, at least always like, hey, you know, if you can see yourself doing anything other than acting, you should go probably do it. And you hear them say it. and You're like, yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. And then me growing up, I feel like the old guy now because anytime I talk to like, you know, younger students or anything, I'm the first one to be like, hey, you know, this isn't it's not easy. It's not easy. It's very competitive. Uh, especially in today's age with all the online auditions and video stuff you can do. It, it makes it a lot easier so you have more opportunities to audition for things, but a lot more people are auditioning for those roles now. So right. very, very, very competitive. Um, but again, sometimes it's not you. And it's funny to say that, but you know, sometimes you can have all the right qualities, all the right everything. I mean, I've lost roles because my hair was was brown instead of blonde and they didn't <laughs> want to dye it. I've lost <laughs> roles. You know, in the same role, I've been told, hey, you're you're, you're a little too too fat and then in the same role I've been told hey you're a little too skinny so it's one of those where you never know what they're looking for or what their excuse is going to be and you can't always take it to heart you have to go in there do your absolute best and then uh, I like to leave the auditions at the door once they're done they're done if I get a call that's awesome if I don't uh, that's okay too I did my best and that's kind of the name of the game you go in do what you can do and you got to kind of let it go and hope it comes back to you because if you hang on to auditions it'll eat you alive (laughs) right 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 now talk about your first credit how did you get to where you needed to get to to get that first credit? Because we do have younger actors and actresses yeah. listening and they might say, Absolutely. well, I still don't know how to, you know, navigate through these trials and tribulations in the industry. Yeah. So the best thing that I the, the, the best advice I can give is do everything you can, especially when you're starting out. When you're starting out, you're not really working for a paycheck. You're working more so to get things on tape. You want to show people a reel or your resume of, hey, 
I've done this before. You can trust me that I'm not going to screw it up on the day kind of thing. And so um, I was I was pretty lucky in the sense of in high school, towards the end of high school, I found some local films to audition for just around my local town. Started building my reel that way. So by the time I got to college, I kind of had a reel when everyone was just starting on their reel. So I've always told people, if you can get anything on tape that's, you know, even if it's you and your, you and some filmmakers just doing some demo scenes, you know, and they even have demo scene workshops now where you can, you know, go get a demo scene done and they film it like it's an actual movie and you can use that scene for auditioning purposes. And having that mainly is just that proof of, hey, yes, I'm an actor, but also, hey, I've done this before on camera. So I got, I got extremely, extremely lucky with having that and also just having a lot of theater experience. Experience. So I, I grew up in the theater. Any any kind of acting you can do, do it. If you can't do theater, do some classes. If you can't do classes, but you want to get into theater, do some do some theater. You just want to be working and developing your craft because the audition the dish auditions the hard part, but the important part is once you book that, you have to show up to set. You have to be able to do your what you're hired to do professionally and also my goal is I want to turn some heads when I get there when I go to a job I'm hoping to make an impression on anybody on that crew it may not just be the director it could be the PA it could be you know the sound guy a lot of these people are also making projects of their own so you want to make an impression that when you leave they go oh I'm gonna call that guy next time and thankfully I've I've done pretty well with getting jobs off of past jobs that I've had. So that's kind of what I always tell people is get a reel together because there is no science of, hey, you have to go do this and then do that and then do that. There's different ways to get SAG credits and things like that. But really just to start, you got to just start working. And it doesn't matter if you're making money or if you are working with, you know, someone famous. It's not like that when you're starting off. You're trying to find people who are interested in making, you know, quality stuff and scenes or short films, whatever it may be music videos I did for a while and you're just getting uh, footage for you to use to show other people hey I do this and I'm 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 confident that I I have the abilities to you know pull off your vision as well too so right. that's kind of where I tell everyone to start mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now talk about your movie credits movies or TV shows yep. or commercials you've been in absolutely so uh right out of college we did a uh like a high quality Batman fan film me and my roommate from college who's a, a producer and director now and that did pretty well on YouTube. Um, we did three of them. It's called Nightmare with a K. And it, it it did pretty well where it was something, again, to build my reel that looked high quality. That ended up helping me get a couple TV shows. And I was on a lot of like, I play a lot of bad guys. <laughs> I play a lot of bad guys, uh, murderers, those, those kind of things. So I ended up going on kind of like the... The homicide hunter, killer couples, what really happened, those kind of murder couple shows. Uh, I did, that's how I started on TV. So I did about three or four of those. And then I started uh, landing some movies, some independent stuff. And then that graduated into some bigger stuff like uh, this movie called Wolfhound that came out not too long ago, which is a World War II fighter plane movie, which that was awesome. Just being around real World War II authentic like clothing and, and we got to be around the planes from the, the era. That was like an incredible experience. Um, we did a I did a movie uh, called Father Stew with Mark Wahlberg. That was kind of exciting for me because um, that was my first time acting 
with a you know a-list celebrity it was just me and him in a scene and that you know that's something that i'll hold on to forever because that was a moment that a that was one of those moments i was talking about where i was like well this is it you know i gotta see with mark Wahlberg. it's a done deal we're locked we're going to hollywood and <laughs> the scene ended up getting cut it, it you know that's how the movies go the scene got cut it made it to the deleted scenes which was awesome so i still got footage it's still on the dvd it's still all there but that was a moment where it was very bittersweet because on the day of filming it was you know nerve-wracking because you sit in the trailer all day they throw you on set and i'm sitting there kind of waiting like okay i'm gonna meet mark at some point i'm gonna meet mark Wahlberg. he'll come up say hi we'll kind of do our scene you know and the uh director came up to me and was like hey we're just gonna shoot this we're just gonna go for it and I was like, oh, OK, so we're not going to not going to do any hellos or anything. That's fine. You know, it was a little nerve wracking because I was just nervous, you know, to meet someone, you know, of that caliber for the first time and work with them. And so the scene starts. We sit down. I turn and sitting to my right is, you know, Mark Wahlberg. It's just mid scene. He's there and it's time to go. And after about the second or third take, I realized like, oh, we're just acting. He's just reacting off me. You know, this is no different than what I've been doing for the past, you know, 10, 15 years and everything changed. And in that moment, I kind of realized like, oh, at least personally for me, that was a benchmark where I knew personally like, OK, I, I can do this. I, I, I'm been I'm prepared. I've you know done the hard, heavy lifting and work that now I know how to act when I get into these scenes with these people. It doesn't really matter who they are. We're all just acting, you know. Right. So for me personally, that was a huge milestone for me to go okay i i do somewhat have what it takes no matter you know the auditions i've missed on and i haven't made it big big yet i have what it takes to at least sit in the room with these guys something that i you know even though the movie i got cut from the movie and ended up on the deleted scenes that's a personal victory that i'll take with me forever because it was kind of a very uh, uh a validating moment for myself as an actor so that's something i'll i'll take with me forever one of the last things that i did was actually a play in chicago um it was called trial in the delta which is a play about Emmett Till and it's the first time that the actual court readings were used as the material for the play because they've kind of been buried for years to hide the, the atrocity of what happened to Emmett Till and the truth of kind of what went down that day um so I played Roy Bryant who is the guy who killed Emmett Till and got off so again another bad 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 guy but that play we did for we did we did it we did like a month run for it uh, then they contacted us and wanted us to put the play on film. So we went to NBC Studios and we did that. We recorded it all uh, like a movie. We turned the play basically into a movie. And then that went on Peacock, which uh, that is called the, uh, I get it. Let me get it right. The Lost Story of Emmett Till Trial in the Delta. That's what it turned into on Peacock. And that is still on Peacock, available to be seen. That went on to win an Emmy. Wow, so congratulations kind of crazy, on that. Yeah, it was a crazy experience because that won Outstanding Achievement for Human Interest for Long Storm for, uh, Long Form Story. So that was something that, like, you know, it's not like, hey, you won an Emmy for Best Actor, but it was being a part of something that important in American history and civil rights history and, you know, then getting the accolade of, you know, and the Emmy saying, hey, 
you know, what you guys did, the work you guys did is super important was awesome. Um, so then they ended up giving us, the city ended up having us do another run of it the next year after we won the Emmy, they wanted us to do another run. So we did the play again. And then they took that footage and they put it into uh, a documentary, which is the lost story of Emmett Till then and now. And that actually just won an Emmy again uh, in 2013. So we won a 2022 Emmy and then 2023, they won an Emmy for uh, Outstanding Achievement for Doctor uh, Historical Documentary. So it's it's very cool to be part of a play that turned into something on Peacock, which both those things are on Peacock. And then both of those things went and won two Emmys. So that was one of those. Another lesson for actors of you don't you never know where the project's going to go. I knew that they had big aspirations and I knew that it was a very important piece of history. So it was going to get some eyeballs and some legs to it because a it's just an important message in this time period that we live in and b it was of historical importance because it's the first time everyone actually heard the actual transcripts of that courtroom and what went down over that period of the trial. But I'd be lying if I ever thought, yeah, we are going to win three or two Emmys on it and it was going to run for, you know, two years. It's something I just did not see coming and it just keeps going. It just has legs. It's just every now and then, every couple months, I get a note of, hey, trial no delta. We won this or, hey, we're thinking about doing this. So it's one of those where it's not film, it's not TV, but it's, it's theater and it's important and it turned into TV and film and even bigger things. So you never really know where a project's going to take you And that has been one recently that's really just surprised me and opened a ton of doors that I never could have imagined. Right, Um, right, right. And the consistency, too, like you said, because, again, like you said, you didn't know what it was going to turn into, right? No, no. I thought I was signing up for a a play that was going to take two months, month of rehearsal, month of uh, doing it. And then, you know, it goes on its way, just like any other movie or any other gig, you move on to the next one. And it just it just kept rolling and rolling. And they told us, hey, you know, we're going to try to be doing this. There's some big things that are going on. And and again, it, yes, everyone there's always, you know, everyone always shoots for the moon. And it's this one's actually coming true, though. They're hitting all the goals that they've tried to do. I'm just happy to kind of be part of the ride and be able to experience all this because it's a great cast, great group of people to work with. And again, like I said, it's important, important historical knowledge to be sharing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I wanted you to talk to our listeners in case someone asks, why do scenes get deleted? Why does a director oh, decide, yep. you know what, we're going to cut the scene? Can you explain yep. to our listeners? Because some listeners don't understand the business or they don't understand watching the movie. They think, wait a minute, I didn't see you. So what do you mean deleted? Yeah. Yeah. So what in my case, which was even more heartbreaking, um, in my case, the movie originally ended at two hours and six minutes and uh sony who put the movie out uh they wanted a two-hour movie so Ah. that's how it happens it comes down to and in their from their point of view the way that the reason they wanted it at two hours is because when you put it into theaters you get much more cleaner play times out of a two-hour movie versus two hour and six movie when you're going you know 12 to 2 2 to 4 all that kind of stuff you get more plays out of it when it's when it's two hours and under so they basically told the directors and everyone hey we got to take six minutes out of this movie figure it out and my scene was one of the scenes and that's i also don't feel bad because it's not like hey you had a bad scene we had to cut it it was more so they cut out father Stu uh follows uh mark Wahlberg kind of throughout this journey of his life and the section i was in they kind of cut that 
piece of his life out. So those five years of the life that they covered, that's where that kind of six minutes came out of. And that's unfortunately where my scene landed. So mine was a timing issue. Right. There's a, a multitude of things of why you can get cut. So that's, again, that's why you can't always take it personally. Because again, I mean, I, I still had production reach out to me and they gave me my scene for auditioning, which is extremely nice and usually doesn't happen. It, it, production, if you get cut, you get cut and you usually never hear from them. Um, but for some reason, they reached out to me and, and gave me my footage, which was a good sign of me being like, okay, it wasn't like I was bad in this scene. And it was just like, oh, wow, this kid can't act. We have to cut this from the movie. It was a literal, hey, we don't have enough time for everything in this movie. We have to make some decisions. And they just cut out those five years of his life. And I happen to be in that in that kind of time frame. Right. Um, but I mean, you can you can you can have deleted scenes for timing reasons. You can now all of a sudden when you get into the edit, uh, what you originally thought was going on in that scene doesn't work in the actual edit. And now they have to kind of cut around to make whatever the the new angle or story or beat that they're telling. So sometimes you'll get snipped there or you'll watch and notice that they do a lot of like half my scene got cut there. That's interesting. That's interesting. But it, it it's very common of the industry to get cut and if you haven't i hate to say this to you if you haven't had a scene cut on you yet it's gonna happen it's i was told when i got cut from uh father stew i was pretty bummed you know the first week like you know thinking my moment had passed me and i talked to a couple veteran actors who have some experience under their belt and they all told me the same thing they all said welcome to the club buddy they said now now you're an actor he said you're not an actor until you officially have one of your big moments cut from you he goes that's that's just part of the gig and now that I've talked to more actors in the industry, it's 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 a sick rite of passage in a way. It's it it's something that happens to you that you can't avoid because at the end of the day, there's a lot of moving pieces that go into making a film, and it's not just about the actors. You know, the editors, the sound, the director, the producers, they all have an opinion in this. And sometimes they're tr everyone's trying to make the best story that they can and put out the best product they can. So sometimes that means someone else losing a little bit of their shine in order to do that. And that's just what happens when you work on film. That's such a collaborative effort. You know, mm -hmm. um, everyone's got to make sacrifices at some point to get the best possible movie out that they can. Right, right, right. Sony, you took out the best part, Tyler, in it. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it, it's tough. It's tough. We, we still haven't quite made amends with Sony yet, but maybe one day down the road we'll uh we'll figure that out <laughs> okay 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 so give listeners an encouraging message in 2024 because you got a movie coming out in 2024 yeah. what would you like to tell the listeners about this movie in 2024 so i'm i'm very excited for this movie in 2024 it is called black spines and it is directed by jordan foss who is kind of an up-and-coming producer and director he also is the guy who who I did the Nightmare Batman fan films with. So I met Jordan in, in college. And that was one of those things where my big message to everyone is the people you meet at your starting point in your career are the people you want to stay in touch with. Because those are the guys who are trying just as hard as you to break into the industry and make something happen. So that's a perfect example of I met him in college. We both like films. Uh, we became roommates. We were hanging out. We wanted to make our own thing out of college. We did a little night. Uh, we did a little Batman thing because we both really liked Batman. And now all of a sudden he's out producing things and directing things. I'm out acting and doing my things. He ends up with a feature horror film, gets some backing behind it. And he calls me and is like, hey, you know, it's time to go to work. We're going to do this. 
So that's one of those where, you know, the people you meet in your career early and the people who take a liking to you and the people you take a liking to hold on to them because that's where the work is. You, you start seeing teams of kind of groups growing up and, and kind of getting it all together. And that's what black spines was to me. It was seeing, you know, all of our dreams from college and things we talked about one day, we're going to be making a movie and doing this and that. Then we were on set for a month doing it, um, which was just unbelievable for me. But black spines itself is, is it's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. Um, It's got uh, those old school slasher elements to it with a lot of that modern take and modern kind of thrill and mystery to it. Um, It's mainly set in a small town, rural, uh, small town America where a urban legend kind of runs around the town. And, you know, some people believe it and some people don't. And there's a few murders and such that are happening in the town that's kind of piquing the interest to a group of kids to try to figure out what's going on and or is all this kind of real and so it's a classic slasher horror movie that i'm i'm very 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 excited for Mm -hmm. and of course you're playing a bad guy again Uh, yeah yeah, so ish not total bad uh, guy uh, um uh, uh, uh. I'm I'm kind of the kid who has graduated high school but is still hanging around kind of partying and, and selling like uh selling selling weed and things to um you haven't grown up yet kids. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. He's the kid who thinks he's the cool kid, but all the other kids his age know he's really the loser. He's that guy. Um so again, not not a bad guy, bad guy, but also not not a great outstanding citizen at all. So, um, yeah, but his name is Blake. So I, I play Blake in Black Spines and I had a blast with the character. It's a lot of fun. I think he brings some comedic, uh, elements and things to it but yeah he's he's a kid who hasn't grown up yet and is still thinking he's the coolest kid in high school even though he's out of high school so <laughs> okay did you want to throw out your social media platforms to oh yeah the listeners? i would love to yeah so i actually i'm really only active on instagram that's where <laughs> i i put all of my stuff is on instagram so if you want to check me out, go to Instagram, and I am a Tyler Burke Actor. So my name, T-Y-L-E-R-B-U-R-K-E, Actor, on Instagram, and that's where I keep everyone posted. I post kind of behind-the-scene pictures and pictures coming out. Uh, all that kind of stuff is all through my Instagram, so that's where I like to... Uh, try to uh, push everyone to go because that's where you can follow me it sounds weird but in today's day of age you know i've your view your follower count and everything now comes into play i've had roles where they get in and you get down to the final two and they go well how many followers do you have and it's insane to me because i came from an arrow before social media you know <laughs> so me too it's weird that now <laughs> that yeah that's now the the big question so it's one of those where i was never big on social media but it's one of those things where if you guys if you have an instagram account and you can give me a follow that would be awesome because now that's helping me get jobs it's not just about your talent it's about the people you can reach and who engages with you so please come follow along and i'm more than happy to kind of show you my journey and you can kind of feel free to ask me questions and reach out to me, whatever you need. I always have students and and newer actors reaching out to me and I I like to give the best advice I can because I was blessed with having a lot of mentors um, 
when I first started out to kind of show me the ropes and, and give me confidence to kind of put my head down and just, just get through it and, and start working. All right, all right. Any final things you'd love to tell Met Radio Toronto? Thank you all for having me. It was an absolute blast. I'm glad um, to finally make my way somewhat into the can- uh, Canada area. Um, it's a place that I hear is is beautiful and it's booming for film. So making it Toronto, making it to Toronto is a giant, giant goal of mine. So thank you, Donovan, for being the first step into breaching the Toronto grounds. All right, all right. I'll con- I'll follow your journey and I'll continue to follow you in 2024. And I'm wishing you the best for 2024. Thank you very much, Donovan. I appreciate it, and I wish the best to you and everyone else that's listening. Enjoy. 2024 big year big year make it happen this year all right for matt radio 1280 am i am donovan lacroxy i would love to thank so much actor tyler burke thank you so much for coming on the show thank you and thank you to the listeners for listening to this episode